Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever part of the world you are listening from. I'm so excited and it's with all sincerity I welcome you today to this podcast, Dine with Emmanuel Ohawe. Um, like I said in the first podcast, we'll be dealing on entrepreneurship human capital and technology as a matter of fact we'll be considering the african space and um, also have our sachets of knowledge you know applicable to um, the global community right um, if you had not listened to the first episode i would uh, advise you go listen to the first episode that will give you background um, information that you need to know about what we want to achieve with these podcasts, who your trainer or your tutor, who I am. Let me just put it that way. Let me not make it so complex, right? <laughs> so today we'll be dealing with a very important topic and um, it's going to be on human capital. Uh, human capital is very essential in businesses. It's essential in, um, in, in tracking um, the productivity of nations right so we'll be dealing extensively if there'll be a need to have a complimentary podcast after now um i would let us know at the end of this podcast uh, because as much as possible we'll be dealing more of practical than theoretical so we'll be dealing won't have so much to do with philosophical and academical meaning of certain things will be practical on how nations should begin to leverage human capital you know to grow their economy because um, the, the the income per capita of nations and human capital are intertwined so for every nation that does well in their human capital it's it reflects in their economy their income per capita all right so we'll be dealing with that extensively and how businesses can also monetize human capital can also measure human capital and then take it to the advantage to grow company goals milestones revenue and what have you <coughs> i beg your pardon so um one 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 man i one man i i, I admire so much and i followed uh, for some time the former world bank president um King Jim Young, who, who was succeeded by David Malpass, he once said a statement, and that statement registered, that was one of his quotes, or should I say, one of his um, maxims that got registered in my memory. He once said that for the poorest of humans, that the only capital they have to access, or the only capital they have left, is human capital. You know, and that that packs a lot of thinking. It's it's kind of it brings a lot of you know introspection on how um, wealth of nations are being distributed among citizens. So for some cases where it's it's very with the Pareto principle, it's 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 evident that wealth of nations are owned by 20% of the population and 80% just feed feed from crumbs right so the only capital they have left is the human capital 
that is the only capital they have left you know, so we'll be we'll be dealing on we'll be dealing on um what is human capital human capital index you know how it's measured why is it really important what is it this human capital why is it important to the government why is it important to businesses right so but just to just to just to put things you know in, in proper perspective and context i will just give you a definition of a definition from wikipedia which i term is, is kind of academia and philosophical right uh, i'll tell you what i what i know and i feel human capital is and how it's evolving in this present world we find ourselves the world is constantly changing and uh, narratives are changing uh, definitions are changing our experiences are changing all right so um according to wikipedia it says that human capital is the stock of habits knowledge social and personality attributes that is embedded in the ability to perform you know labor so as to produce economic value let me come again with it it said human capital is a stock of habits knowledge social and personality attributes embodied in the ability to perform labor so as to produce economic uh, value for myself I, I just feel human capital is just the measure of the productivity level of a people you know within a specific geography so it's, it's kind of it's kind of the measure of productivity level of people maybe in, in a particular business in a particular company in a particular organization or the measure of the productivity of people you know in a nation in a community in a state all right so it just it's 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 kind of um um it's it kind of help you keep track of productivity innovation and creativity and and the the interesting thing is that it declines you know when human capital is not engaged it declines you know it can either decline or migrate and so when it migrates you know experts will call it brain drain and we've noticed it so much in in africa in global south nations in the global south because um we have we have we have um sorry to say but that's the truth we have um um leadership that are that are very negligible like the leadership that leadership that careless about you know harnessing potentials so sometimes this human capital migrates to greener pastures where they are their talents can be appreciated where their skills and abilities you know can offer them what they need in return to survive as humans right so it declines you know it can decline uh, um, 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 when, when it's not put to use maybe when there's a mental decline it can depreciate when there's a mental decline when maybe there's an injury or maybe loss of job somebody can be out of job for example a programmer can be out of job and if he doesn't find himself on a laptop he might just he might just you know go down to becoming a, 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 a junior developer if he, if he was once if he was once um, a senior developer right so it depreciates when maybe there's a loss of job and the rest you know so but um, aside that to human capital for nations they see it as um, um, standard health right like the quality 
of investment that nations make you know towards their um, health sector how standard their health sector is you know standard education so standard health you are talking about life expectancy um standard education you're talking about you know employability index i'll get to that employability index is different from you know um, employment and standard of living you're talking about the income index you know and the rest so human capital is just the backbone of um human and economic development right so it's more like it's an embodiment of talents you know how you can develop talent how you can deploy talent you know how you can assess talents in other in in, in other places right so it, it's it's it, it's um it's um although governments and businesses they see it they see it um differently right yeah government and businesses see it differently uh for 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 governments okay okay let me just let me just start from businesses like for for businesses they see it as some they see it as an intangible asset and yes it's an intangible asset you know because you can't find it's you can't find a place in a balance sheet uh, but irrespective of the fact that is is an intangible asset um 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 it's it has a monetary value and we'll get to that all right it has a monetary value so businesses organizations and companies you know you see it as um the capacity to develop talents was it to deploy talents and you know and the capacity to assess talents elsewhere you know uh, developing the talents deploying talents and assessing talents you know it's kind of unique because it differs from every other capital you know we have um we have your normal um money capital social capital and the rest um, you name them the capitals will have but this is human capital is just unique because it's, it's embodied you know it's it, it's um it's needed for companies to achieve goals all right other capitals might kind of be tangible though social capital is intangible but i won't dwell on that because that is not the essence of today's podcast um that's not that's not within our scope right so human capital is intangible and companies they need it to achieve goals you know um and they, they need it to also develop and remain innovative so every time a company is innovative every time a company is accorded um creativity and innovation as as a, a milestone if you watch them critically they are harnessing their human capital properly you know and there are ways you can challenge human capital to to become productive in your organizations um 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 i will i'll i'll deal i'll deal on that maybe um, in a couple of minutes i wouldn't want me i wouldn't want to make this um podcast very <laughs> i wouldn't want to make it uh, very long so i'll try as much as possible to give um concise insights the essence of podcast the essence of this podcast this series of podcasts have agreed and decided to be working on is to give actionable points not just stating some theories or stating some facts for for factual knowledge but giving actionable insights and points that entrepreneurs government of nations and the workforce can implement right so it's more like um, um, um businesses also see it as a combined human capability you know to solve business problems you know like a combined human capability to solve business problems 
and and one thing is that it's inherent to humans so sometimes businesses companies and organizations they are always in the debate of should we train our workers should we not train them what if we train them and they leave and the rest you know but the most important thing is that if you don't train them and they don't leave if whether you train them or you don't train them they will leave all right so there has to be a strategy after training them there's a strategy that keeps them within your business that they don't even they feel so they feel so comfortable that they wouldn't want to even search for you know um other job opportunities but that is not <laughs> that should that would not be covered in this um podcast anyway but there are strategies on ensuring that your workers don't use your free wi-fi in your workplace to be looking for job elsewhere so they use your free wi-fi and apply for jobs and then tender their, desi- their resignation letter and this might just be a core or critical person in your team and it will shake your team all right so there are a lot of things around transferring talents and the rest but that is by the way um if i'm if i'm if if if, if i'm convinced i want to do a podcast on that because it still falls under entrepreneurship which is part of our tripod um, vision right so it's inherent in humans and you know what that means is that when humans leave organizations human capital leave with them right so it's not like money that the organization or company can have to themselves uh, so human capital is in humans so when humans leave because it's inherent in them it leaves it leaves with them like what happened during this um, covid pandemic there, there was a lot of migration of talents human capital because people were trying to cut costs you know there was follow here and there retrenchment and the rest right so now even big organizations had to leave they have to let go of certain skills and talents of their people that were to 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 an extent they could do do away with them but those skills for small businesses they were the right skills they needed all right and now they became affordable because of what covid pandemic have done all right so they became affordable because everybody wants to quickly switch to um another source of livelihood you know just to keep soul and body together so it was kind of um it was kind of an opportunity for those businesses that saw the opportunity to latch on it you know and accommodate taking these people that big companies have um have have, have let go of all right so it's, it's inherent in humans it, it's it's like field all right it's like field it migrates across um global economics you know ec- and 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 uh, for governments government also see it in a particular way you know uh, uh, my podcast i try as much as possible to have a touch of government and entrepreneurs and then workforce because these are the three demography i feel um when 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 they are properly when they are properly um informed when they're properly informed when they, when they are properly engaged you know we begin to make our lives the, the rest of our lives the best of our lives i have this i have this um i have this popular belief um, even in my personal websites uh it's stated there in my video that um, for us to solve the global problems that we we are currently facing it has to be um a public private partnership that works together to solve this problem the government cannot do it alone businesses cannot do it alone 
all right so there has to be this cohesion there has to be this synergy you know that allows these two parties to work together in solving global problems and that is why when united nations will come up with sustainable development goals they bring in both private actors public actors you know to come together to solve these problems you know come together to um, produce and deliver their own solutions um, in addressing the 17 sustainable development goals so for governments the way they see human capital you know it's like a, like i said earlier you know it, it has a relationship with income per capita so when i say income per capita i could i can say gdp per capita um it's more like the wealth of the wealth of um every individual in a particular nation so in with a simple mathematical formula just you divide the total gdp of a nation by um the the entire population of a nation you get the gdp per, per capita so it shows it shows um the wealth level of every individual in 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 um in in in, in a nation right so um um and human capital one thing about human capital is that it it explains about 10 to 30 percent differences in the income per, per capita of nations so every time a particular nation is doing better in gdp per capita than another nation 30 percent of the reason that country is doing better 10 to 30 percent of the reason that country is doing better is because of human capital all right they either have um, a, a, um, um, a, a commendable human capital index and human capital index is just it's just simply a parameter that measures the level of human capital productivity in a nation that is human capital index and there is a way of improving this human capital index because there are factors that make up this human capital index so we'll get to that right so 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 every time a nation is doing better than the other it, it has 10 to 30 percent of the differences in this income per capita of nations is addressed and explained by human capital I hope I hope that is clear, but you might want to rewind back to this thing. But I want to, as much as possible, get this done with um, as as fast as possible. So, it um, government also sees it as the backbone of you know human and economic development, and that is very true. When every economy that is doing well is doing something better with their human capital, uh, that is why nations will have. Nations will have um, foreign exchange programs attracting the best talents. That is human capital migration. Attracting the best talents across the world. Have their, um, have their, um, 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 their, their foreign policies, foreign programs that makes, that makes people want to come to their country, that makes people want to school in their country, that makes people want to work in their country. That makes people want to you know um, um situate their business in their country that makes people that makes even foreign investors want to bring in investment so it's these are these are ways of you know trying to ensure that the human capital you are not just focusing on your on the human capital of your your uh, the, your citizens you're also attracting human capital across the world all right and 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 it's only nations that are strategic nations that have the right leadership leadership that understands 
that understands you know bilateral relations um, um international politics and the rest would want to you know have very strong and sound foreign programs and policies that attract um that attracts um external talents right so um, 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 um two organizations that are very that are very popular in 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 bringing out human capital index um, is um, um, World Economic Forum and World Bank. World Economic Forum that is by Klaus Schwab and um, World Bank, uh, currently headed by David Malpass. They, they, they are two organizations that are um, they've been seen to be instrumental in ensuring that human capital index of nations is measured, you know, um, across board. So. You know, so with a bunch of quality investments in education and health, you know, um, with palpable economic success, you can rate human capital. You know, the quality of investment that a nation is making in education, in health, you know, in in and the economic success, you can use it to rate um, human capital. Take for example, Nigeria, for for the past over a decade, Nigeria have now allocated more than three percent of um, our budget to health to the health sector and the covid pandemic now opened up everything we now realize how 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 deteriorating that our, our, our health sector have gone how how most of our um, health facilities are now dead traps you know so it, it calls for it calls for a reform in the health sector so there should be an increase in budgetary allocation to the health sector and beyond just allocating budgets this budget should be tracked the performance should be assessed so when we say that this budget is allocated for this we're able to have some critical monitoring and evaluation indicators that monitors the implementation of this budget ensuring that all actors are accountable and there is there is there's a deterrent for anybody that you know goes against or does anything aside outside what the budget captures for um the health sector for education sector i think the highest we've done is seven percent unesco promised not really promised recommended 26 percent you know for most developing nations because no 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 country no nation rises above its level of education unesco suggested 26 percent but we are doing what we are doing is not even in fact when you multiply it by three it's not still up to the recommended um, um percentage and that's that shows that shows um what government of nations in africa and global south what they have as priority right so there's there are there's a danger there's a danger in not in 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 not taking human capital serious especially for global south nations in the global south human capital has experienced so much of inaction right and what we don't understand is that um without proper human capital our education will go moribund you know our health sector will become dead traps because you need the right talents like i said earlier you have to 
the the human capital is about you developing talents deploying talents and also assessing talents all right so if you don't have the right talents um your health there, there will be no good doctors professional doctors to take care of you know patients all right so our health sectors will become dead traps you don't have good if you don't have good talents our education will go moribund right so it's just beyond it's beyond the normal education we can think of it's it's an education that makes people employable an education that expands their intellectual horizon to see possibilities of making impact so every education that doesn't open up and liberate the mind of an individual to make you know to make societal impact that is not education so after getting educated you should be able to have the burden to give back to the society and when you have a burden to give back to the society it means that you've developed the right competence that allows you you know offer that solution that you've um, identified to solve a problem so it's only you can't you cannot give what you don't have right so you must have developed the right skill set and then develop even the eyes to see the problem because it's one thing to develop the skill set it's another thing to develop an eye for a problem so when you're able to when you're able to see a problem and then um, 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 develop a solution because it's now an opportunity um, that is why that is why entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs all right they see problems and they consider it opportunities so so that's the danger of human capital our head sector will become dead trials our education will go more about right and 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 populations can become ungovernable now for businesses you would see that the productivity level will be so low innovation and creativity will be so low you'll be spending so much on recurrent expenditure overhead cost and there'll be nothing coming in right because your people are not efficient they are not effective you know they they are not delivering and in fact they are not even dynamic because one thing that is very essential to factor in in the future of work is you know dynamism being able to reskill and upskill yourself as you know trends change right so even in government of nations you realize that your population becomes ungovernable when you say a they will say b all right because these ones they are no longer the civility is far from them being civil you know it's very far from them right so you see that you have so much of and there's there's every tendency to have anarchy there's every tendency to have anarchy because now they are becoming ungovernable and they can take laws to their hands and uh, they, they in fact they they now lack trust in the government because there is no way you can um there is no way you can um consider human capital as a priority and the people will not acknowledge acknowledge and commend you for you know taking that part of um, um, um building the human capital of your citizens right so um, um it's, it's a lot of it's, it's it's a danger we don't want to experience it's a danger nations don't want to accommodate according to world bank illiteracy is costing the global economy you know about 1.19 trillion dollars let me come back with the figure again that figure is very is very scary that illiteracy in the global economy is costing the global economy 1.19 trillion dollars and what does this have to tell you this have to tell you that if illiteracy is costing 
the global economy 1.19 trillion dollars what that means is that literacy being literate you know has a level of profitability that it offers to government and businesses maybe i'll get it i'll get to that if time permits right so um, because you know when you have a better education definitely will be better salaries people will earn better and because people earn better and earn more there will be increased consumer spending which is one factor in calculating gdp all right so if there's increased consumer spending you realize that there will be less dependency because when there's increase in consumer spending businesses grow so the purchasing power of your people is now is no longer pathetic right so and businesses smile there will be less dependency on government and social investment programs and the the, the economy will now will now expand because there's more spending right so it's kind of um um um, um other dangers like i said earlier it deflates it, it decreases it declines if not put to use and you can also increase the nuisance level that is where i talked about um um being governable right that's why i talked about being um governable you know so now how is this human capital measured now first of all the what you should note is that the factors of beyond just quality education and health though quality education and health is is the two main factors that you consider when talking about human capital so if nations can take care of their quality education and health then they are in their journey of building an enviable human capital right because at some point you can start your human capital you can start outsourcing them you know and though uh, that will not be in this episode um explaining that will not be in this episode so human capital comprises of different factors like the like education like health like skills how skillful is your population you know, I used to tell in the first episode I, I narrated how 500,000 graduates are injected into the Nigerian workforce from just universities alone, not to talk of colleges, polytechnics, and the rest. Just imagine we have 500,000 500, um, 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 sensible and relevant people injected into the workforce. There will be some 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 level of change, some level of you know productivity that we'll be witnessing in our nation right so it shows that um our education is now empowering these people with the right skill sets to offer solutions to societal problems right so education is a, is a factor to consider in human capital um health skills opportunities what are the opportunities available for these people all right what 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 do they have what do they have to assess these opportunities are they competent enough do they have the capacity to assess these opportunities you know then childhood to adult survivor which is very very important right childhood to adult survivor is very very important i would have loved to tell you this that for every one dollar you 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 invest in in a child in especially during the childhood before three years for every one dollar you invest you get a return of investment of six dollars to seventeen dollars that's proven by world bank and in fact the female gender give you more returns right so uh, the 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 childhood to adult survival is one critical um is one critical element to consider in human capital so for example if a nation has 0.7 human capital index what that means is that what that means is that um the, the productivity of that generation is just 70 percent of what it could have been 
you know if they had invested some more in quality education and health so when you say um, the human capital index of a particular nation is 0.7 it just means that 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 country is just experiencing 70 percent of what they would have experienced you know if they have invested more in quality education and health so uh, okay and to to give you another perspective of this it also means that that um their negligence to an extent to their negligence to an extent to quality education and health is costing them 30 percent of their economy so if you don't get the first narrative you can get this second narrative is either they, you know they are experiencing 70 percent of what they could have experienced if they invested more in quality health and education you know or the 30 percent their economy is shrinked by 30 percent as a result of their negligence right now for like for example now um, the human capital is the highest is singapore um asian nations are doing very well especially asian tigers the highest is singapore with 0.88 so what that means is that um that singapore just have about just 12 percent their negligence is costing them only 12 percent of their economy you know and negligence of human capital so it means that they don't have they're not neglecting it neglecting human capital so much to an extent so other nations that are doing well you know are nations like um south korea japan hong kong finland ireland australia sweden netherlands canada these nations are doing well in in their human capital um, um index you know country like like saudi arabia bahrain you know saudi arabia bahrain um uae Qatar. they are rich nations you know they are spending so much in education but they are not getting so much returns all right they are not getting so much returns they are spending so much in education saudi arabia bahrain bahrain uae and Qatar. all right so that 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 should tell you that there's a strategy it's not just pulling it's not just throwing money to a problem you know, I normally tell people that throwing money to problem doesn't solve a problem, but 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 channeling money strategically and 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 efficiently to problems solve problems, right? So it shows that there is there is a strategy that um this the the top nations are using that some of these nations I mentioned Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, UAE, and Qatar are not using that is making them because they are very rich nations. Qatar is a very rich nation. Saudi Arabia. You know, but they're not getting the the necessary return they need to get, despite the huge investment in education. We're going to discuss that maybe um, why nations are not getting the right returns and the rest, and how they should invest well. We'll do that maybe in subsequent episodes, right? So, but in, but in spite of this, you know, um, um, no African nation has a better human capital index, despite the fact that I mentioned these four nations that are not really seeing um, their return of investment. In spite of that, no African nation you know, has more human capital index than them, except for Mauritius. You know, Mauritius is ahead of Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Mauritius has um, a 0.63 in, in, in human capital index. So what that means is that Mauritius... Um, the Mauritius economy is shrinked by 37% as a result of their negligence in um, investing in the factors that make up human capital index. 
and at the same time they are just experiencing only 63 percent of what they would have experienced if they had invested more in human capital index right and among 157 nations that was ranked by world bank mauritius occupies 52nd of that position so mauritius is more like the mauritius is more like um, one of the african nations that is doing well in part in 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 in, in the aspect of human capital index you know african nations like kenya morocco algeria tunisia i won't say they are entirely doing well but they fall in the first 100 countries remember there are 157 countries under review you know so um, um they fall under the first 100 countries you know you know but um 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 uh, it's so sad anyway it's so sad anyway that um, big economies in africa like nigeria south africa egypt angola and the rest they kind of they they have very poor human capital index and that is to tell you that big economy is not necessarily you know healthy standard of living because an economy might not be properly used to generate income it might not be properly used to upgrade the standard of living of citizens so that is why you see a robust economy that is not affecting that is not having a direct impact and and palpable effect on the citizens so you launch social investment programs and you have your statistics here and there but the real people that really need this program they are not seeing anything they're not feeling anything right so um for like for example nigeria nigeria has 0.34 0.34 0.34 human capital index you can imagine with a with with a ranking of 152 out of 157 what does that tell you that tells you that only in in the committee of nations the entire nations in the world nigeria is just is just above five nations so if five if those five nations go extinct nigeria will become the last human capital index last nation or the worst nation with the worst human capital index so it's a call to begin to re, re, reassess our priority it's a call to begin to reassess our priority south africa has 0.41 you know with a rank of 104 out of 157 nations um egypt have a, um, a human capital index of 0.49 you know so for for nigeria now what that means 0.34 it simply means that it simply means that um we are just experiencing 34 percent of what we would have experienced if um we invest more in human um, um, capital index and it also means that we the, that uh, um our negligence to human capital index is costing our economy about 66 percent you know it's costing our economy about 66 percent of um of our economy it's costing our economy 66 percent shrinking of our economy all right so same thing applies to south africa and egypt you know so but african nations should do better you know they have to do better really they have to do better because when you look at the first when you look at the last 30 in the list when you look at the last 30 in the list you will realize that um realize that african nations are occupying all the bottom list like the last starting the list except for some middle east and um, Af- um, asian nations like yemen afghanistan iraq and pakistan the rest 30 nations that are below the list they are all occupied by nigerians by Ni- i say nigeria beg your pardon by african nations right so we need to do better we need to do better 
if we need to do better if we must we must we must um um like substantially contribute to solving the united nations sustainable development goals then we have to do better in ensuring that citizens who are supposed to be critical actors in solving these problems you know are are, are preserved right so now what should nations do globally like nations nations in the global south what should they now do right what should they now do to ensure that um human capital index is leveraged properly in near nations now first of all they need to reorder their investment priorities their priorities have to be reordered you know they have to be they have to ensure that their money is going into where they will get returns you know and like i told you earlier um when you invest one dollar in a child one dollar invested in a child will give you about six dollars to seventeen dollars and it's more in the girl child you know um there's there's this there's this belief by um members of the world group that human capital of the next generation is as good as their first one thousand days on it you know so the first one thousand days of 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 every child on earth determines how good their human capital can be because here we're talking about child survival you know access to education quick entry to schools and the rest so it has a way of um, impacting and um, 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 affecting it has, it has a way of impacting their um, their human capital right and, and so so that is why we need to invest both in quality learning in child survival in adult survival in healthy growth you know so uh, government also have to increase budgetary allocations in health and then have a tracking performance indicator that help them track the budgets and the implementation you know um, um we also have to reform and not just investing in education but reforming the educational sector reforming it so that it comes to standard you know and then um it comes to standard so we have to reform and invest in the educational sector um, to accommodate our changing times you know, because the educational sector have to make um, citizens employable it has to make citizens employable you know the faster we act the better so nations have to start acting immediately they have to start checking what level what level of um, decadence have been have been permitted as a result of negligence to human capital index you know what, what is the productivity productivity level of their citizens all these are very important if you must grow your nation to become an enviable nation that people would want to travel down to you know to invest to start business to school and the rest right you know so the faster we do it the better because um, um the mic the market dynamics of oil oil sector in the international space you know is no longer is no longer favoring oil dependent nations um, we saw what happened during the heat of pandemic where um, oil sold negative ni- negative negative currency negative dollar in U- in US people were practically producers were practically begging people paying people to come and carry oil because because reservoirs are overstretched you know, you know reservoirs are overstretched and the rest right so um, we need to we need to take our take our eyes away from oil. Um, oil oil is oil has has no um, clear future. 
even though it might it won't totally leave us but it doesn't have a clear future as to um as to as to um sustaining sustaining um our needs sustaining our budgets and the rest like for example oil the oil boom in 2000 to 2014 had a steady gdp growth of seven percent that would have been the best time to implement you know human capital index ensuring that we have a running human capital index all right so but we didn't do that and now it has decreased to two percent and we are not even sure how many uh, how much how many negative growth that awaits you know that awaits us after the advent of covid pandemic if we definitely have two successive negative growth that means we'll fall under recession and that, that will be the sec- second time in the space of six years that we're falling under recession but that will not be our portion anyway yeah all right so um um it percent gdp comp- contribution because the oil oil accounts to 10 percent gdp contribution in nigeria and so it also accounts for 80 percent of our export revenue you know you can export talents as well all right so um it's first of all trying to it's first of all trying to um ensure that we have multiple you know streams that generate revenue multiple streams that generate revenue all right because um, when we develop our human capital the dividends will wow us it has been tested and proven it has been proven and tested you know um So in as much as we um, want to, in as much as we want to keep harnessing oil, um, we might not be able to predict what the future of oil price will look like in the international community. But so it's time to begin to look inwards. I can't imagine how many people, people like Philip Emeguali, you know, and some other uh, reputable Nigerians that have gone outside and they're making us proud, right? All right, so they're making. Yeah, they're making us proud, right? So now, what should businesses do? I've told you what government should do and how they should do what they should do. It's very important. They should have local actors that give them real feedback, and not some ministries or agencies that sit in their office and and develop products for themselves. Give it indigenous people that can walk down to markets that understand the terrain, right? So now, what should businesses do? Businesses should, like. Like explained, public-private partnership is very important. So there has to be this partnership with the public to ensure that problems of this kind are being addressed. You know, because people is the new economy. You know, so businesses should begin to introduce healthy work habits, healthy insurance package. All these, all these things are things that we want your people to come back again, whether it's luxury or not luxury. But it shows that you have certain concern for building human capital so healthy work habits healthy insurance package right also challenge and reward employees efforts with upskilling benefits so offer them training for maybe for an award they got or for a recognition they got right offer them anywhere in the world offer them right so it's more like a blank check you know so but um 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 it's it's important anyway it's important that we begin to um, work on ourselves because 54 percent of the global workforce will be needing reskilling and upskilling by 2022 you know it, because um 
because um, if we say 54% of the global workforce, that, uh, this is this is a reputable this is a reputable platform. I made this um, I made this um, injunction that 54% of the global workforce will be needing to uh, will be needing reskilling and upskilling by 2020 2022. You know, so 54% will be needing upskilling and reskilling because um, 75 million jobs are lost, but 133 million jobs are created. So every time technology takes away job, it creates more jobs, right? So every time it takes away jobs, it creates more jobs. And it's only when you have the right skill sets, when you have the right opportunity, when you have the right human capital, the proper human capital, that you'll be able to assess, you know, assess um, these jobs. So there will be a kind of an upskilling and reskilling of, um, of the labor force. To be able to, 54% of the labor force have to pass through that process to be able to, you know, deliver the dividends of democracy, right? And not just that, even in businesses as well, you know, to be able to assess these jobs and not just assessing them, but also get um, employed, right? So, for example, Amazon is retaining one third of her US workers, about 100,000 of them. So, so, so Amazon just have only one third of our US workers in, 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 in working from home, you know. And they also have, um, Amazon also have two hundred thousand robot employ em, employees. <laughs> this is very funny. All over the world, they have two hundred thousand robot employees. So these robots, they don't collect salary, nothing. Theirs is just to do what the master said they should do. This is why people might see um, AI future of work machine learning and the rest as a threat but truly it's not a threat if human capital is properly handled you know properly handled you see that um the ai empowered um facilities devices they they are subject to you you know they are subject to you so you begin to see the ai as as a partner that just has a little more insight than you you can leverage on so the moment we begin to see artificial intelligence as um, as as a, as, a, as a little colleague that has um, some knowledge you can feed off, you know that has just a little insight you can feed off, there will be no there will be no problem, you know, right? So HR managers should also begin to calculate um, total profit. This is this is what businesses should be doing, right? So HR managers should begin to calculate you know total profit before. And after any investment so when you invest in human capital um try as much as possible to follow it up let there be trainings proper trainings let the people be satisfied with the trainings and then ensure ensure that um that the return of investment is calculated now, the return of investment has to do with the total profit divided by the total human capital investment right so that ratio is um also looked out for so basically um i would not i wouldn't want to make this long i would like to be ending it here so basically human capital is very essential for businesses businesses need it to grow they need it to thrive they need it to even to even stand firm before their competition some businesses what they have as an added advantage is the kind of team they have you know some businesses it might just be maybe the kind of location they have the kind of network they have and the rest you know, so but um, it, it's a kind of um, it's a kind of um, 
um, it's a kind of a way to ensure that businesses begin to leverage this human capital to up productivity up revenue you know reduce um, reduce costs reduce costs for example if if you have a human capital in a nation that is able to help you shorten time you have reduced the cost of timing and helps you to shorten the time that um, he, he has right so um i would be ending this so thank you so much i would like to get your comments get your questions get your feedback um my name is emmanuel ohanwen um I'm, I'm 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 an entrepreneur i had I had my startup um featured by forbes magazine and also nominated by by sme 100 africa as a 25 under 25 entrepreneur I'm also certified by Harvard in entrepreneurship in emerging economies. So I'm very glad and excited and at the same time humbled and privileged to present this um, this um, body of thoughts or body of knowledge to you. And I hope as an entrepreneur listening to this, as a government listening to this, even as a, as, as, as a citizen listening to this, that you begin to take your human capital very serious. Right? This is very, very important. It's very important in in ensuring that um, in ensuring that we reduce the nuisance level across board in in, in, the, in the global community, right? Especially in the global south, you know, Caribbeans, African nations, some part of Asia and the rest, right? So that is that about human capital. Return of investment. I've told you how to calculate it. The profit over the to- the the. The, the profit of the investment over the total human capital investment you know so um i look forward to hearing from you i look forward to having nations particularly nigeria because nigeria is the most populous black nation of the world if nigeria is better then there's possibility that every other person is going to get better All right so i look forward to national the national government I look forward to nations of west africa southeast and North Africa, I look out to businesses to begin to take human capital index very serious. Right. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'm very glad that you tuned by. Stay tuned and remain safe.